0: Here we go.
1: You're tuning in to Will Love Listen. Now listen.
0: Benson Ray, thank you for joining me today so excited I love New Jersey love all
2: things New Jersey the housewives really got me into it so I'm so excited
0: (laughs) so are you a fan of trashy reality tv I assume yes and I have no shame
2: about it I am into all the reality tv shows I live last love it
0: well then we have a lot to discuss today um we have to talk about the tour Whitney skincare trash tv where do we start I mean, let's start with the tour, obviously. That's the most important fun thing going on right now for me. You're the opening act for Whitney Cummings, who I understand you've known and worked with for a really long time. So yeah, for about, yeah. wait for how long?
2: For about three years.
0: Okay. Wow. How did you two meet?
2: Um, we actually met in Nashville at Zania's Comedy Club. Um, she was performing and I had a, um, at the time I had a monthly show there and so I, my show was the next night. And so I just went to go watch her and I've always, I've been a huge fan of her. She was on my vision board actually when I was in college and stuff. And so I went to go see her and after her show, uh, she does this meet and greet, which we still do to this day. So if you come see us on February 12th, we will do the meet and greet afterwards, um, and I just talked to her. and She kind of asked me to open for her the next night, and then from there, I just kind of moved to California, started the podcast with her, and it's been uh, going from there.
0: That's amazing, especially because um. So a friend of mine's a big fan of the podcast, and when I said I was going to be interviewing you, he was like, "Oh, I listened to that like religiously, etc." So how did you what did you get involved with first? Did she want to bring you onto the podcast first or did she want you to start, you know, working together on some comedy bits? Like, how did it grow from you guys meeting to now you do the podcast, now you're touring together, etc.? Oh, it was um, it was actually super organic. We kind of got along
2: really well right off the bat, like in the green room. Uh, The night that I was opening for her in Nashville that she asked me to just so randomly. It was so nice of her. And then from there, I was actually planning to move to California. And when I did, she was like, yeah, come out. She got me a job as a PA on the show that she was doing at the time. And then um, her assistant was leaving and i was like i could probably help do that i could be your assistant i'm sure like and she had the robot from her netflix special can i touch it which is streaming right now she had a robot from that special that looks like her if you guys didn't know and so i i was one of the only people who could work the robot so it kind of worked out great so i became her assistant and i was not a good assistant i was it was not how my brain functioned i was definitely in comic brain So, I went from being her assistant to she started a podcast, and then I was co-hosting that, and then the tour started after this two-year-long pandemic. So, it finally started, and that's how I got to that.
0: Now, what's it like being on tour? And how has it been, you know, going from being her assistant, which you're probably more right brain and creative anyway, and being someone who's right brain and creative myself, when I first started working, I worked as an administrative assistant, and I totally sucked. So... (laughs) Um yeah, I mean that's how I was
2: too It was just like my brain was so And she kind of knew that as well Like she wasn't like shocked by it um, I guess I was okay I just like my brain I could not get like times and dates I was more like What if we make a TV show? What if we did this? What if we you know uh Took this photo of you Like and it was just not What, what you need to do as an assistant Um, But being on tour As just a stand up And a friend It's been I mean it's been incredible We get to tour I think we've done, like, 42 cities so far out of 70. And the thing I really like about it is I'm originally from Tennessee, um, which is a really – and I grew up in a really, really small town um, in Tennessee. And so I love getting to tour to these, like, middle America places that that were, were, like, where I grew up. And getting to connect to, like, LGBTQ people there. Like, I get to do a lot. Like, we were in um, – um we We were in Buffalo Run doing shows in Oklahoma. And after the show, I just remember all these, like – 20 year olds 30 year olds coming up to me and being like oh my god thank you for coming and doing our our town which they were calling small which was like huge compared to my town but they were they were mentioning things like thank you for painting your nails because like i was, I was scared to do that and i was like oh i forget sometimes what it was like to grow up in a town like that and how important it is to see people be themselves in a town like that so that's been the best part of it for me is getting to connect to people like that and parents and moms and kids who are like coming out as gay and non-binary and lesbian and trans and all this stuff like that's the coolest part because a lot of LGBTQ comics I feel like kind of stay on the coastlines and yeah I very much struck in the middle of the Bible belt. so I like going back places like that and getting to do comedy to these smaller venues so that's been the best part for me for sure.
0: Now how is it gr- I feel as though all things LGBTQ have come such a long way particularly over the past 10 years. So what was it like growing up um, where you were and what do you think of today where all things LGBT seem to have become more mainstream?
2: Um, I think that it's super awesome. I think it definitely is more mainstream. But I think that especially once you're like kind of out of it, you kind of forget how small it still feels to people in places like that. And I think that we... Getting to be a part of it every day, like 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 me and you are with you know journalism and 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 the comedy in this kind of environment, you think that it's gotten really huge and big, and of course it's changed a lot. But we, there's still a ton to do. I mean, especially within comedy, like there are so many hilarious LGBTQ comics, and like how many can you name? Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, like there's only a handful, you know. that And like as far as like specials, like who has it? You know what I mean? So it's cool to get to go out and kind of like help change that and help like um you know put faces to lgbtq people especially in towns like that and small towns and Whitney's really awesome you know she's a big part of that you know she gets to pick who goes on tour with her and she could have picked anyone and so it's really awesome that she cares enough to also be like hey look here's an lgbtq comic who is connecting to everyone not just this one walk of life and and that's been really fun. So it's awesome to see it come a long way, but I think that we have to remember there's always more to do, not to get complacent. And comedy is a great way, I think, to do that, to like reach more people and remind them in a way that doesn't feel like preachy or gross. It feels like fun, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And going back to where you grew up, was it difficult coming out? And what was your experience like?
2: Um, It was, I will be honest, I didn't really have like a big coming out story I was pretty much always just like this is this is what I'm doing this is who I am like this is I mean I was like wearing I love Chris Holton t-shirts in like middle school I'm writing my senior thesis about why we should all love her and stuff like that so I was <laughs> never like in the closet I don't think um so I don't I didn't have a rough time, I wouldn't say, as far as like coming out, because I just didn't do it. I was like, this is what, this is who I am, and this is what you got to deal with. But I will say, I had definitely had a lot of like bullying and stuff for sure. I just, I mean, this might sound bad, but in my head, I was just like, I just know that I'm like pretty cool. So I wasn't going to let that bother me. I was like, I know that in the end, this is going to be a pretty good life I have going on. So it helped me get over all the really, really dark parts that you feel whenever you're like in the closet
0: well that that's important i mean that's i mean that speaks of how strong you are because i mean i was bullied in school and sometimes i think back and i still get angry and i have friends and who are still like so affected by it so um
2: definitely lingers the trauma of that lingers for sure and you know and i kind of used humor to deal with it so i'm really lucky that that became my job um because it's helped a lot with dealing with it but i mean I, i mean when i look back now and i think like how how much i got made fun of for like writing that paper about paris hilton from like my peers and then or like how like this i was like so ridiculous and now it's like she's someone that i know and you know like that's i just think like there's always a plan there's always like you know that saying it gets better like it really does you just it's just the bad parts feel really bad when you feel alone so that's again why like, getting to go on tour and see these people i think is really important to their mind like hey you're not alone there's a lot of positive things coming after this this part of your life because i think especially in hollywood we focus a lot on the negative aspects of coming out and yeah and like the bad parts of being lgbtq because it kind of makes people feel for us which is important um but i think that we forget there's a lot of joy too and i think that it's cool to show younger generations or even older generations lgbtq people the joy like hey look here we are telling jokes and being fun connecting with other people and like that's important too
0: yeah i agree completely and i think especially like it it's important because you know people will come to the show and they'll see like what you're capable of and it's like oh i could do that too type of deal like it sort of like inspires like uh lgbt youth totally
2: and it's not even about like yeah they might be like oh i could do comedy or i could do whatever it is they want to do like i mean that's my whole thing i get a lot of People after the shows during our meeting grades, because we love doing our meeting grades, but it's like such a fun way to connect with people one on one. And they're just like after the show, we just hang out and do them. They're not like extra or anything. And um, it's just so fun to get to talk to people who are like, because I was always like a big dreamer and I still kind of am. And it's nice to hear people that are like, oh, I thought I couldn't do um, something because I was a lesbian or, or because I was, you know, gay, but seeing you has like helped me feel like I can do. I can, I can have a dream too, live a dream. And that's how I always felt. I always felt growing up, like, man, there's not a story about like a gay, you know, pilot or whatever Um, you want to be. And it's like, so I mean, she's like, you can't do it. So it's just like reminding like LGBTQ youth that you have the right to dream. Like you're allowed to dream too. I think it's really special. And I'm happy I get to be a teeny smaller part of that for people
0: exactly well cheers to that Right. thank goodness now moving along to the podcast good for you uh what's that experience like do you find it to be very cathartic like um you have a big role on the podcast so like tell us what your thoughts are like positive negative etc i
2: mean the podcast has been such a joy to do i mean it's like it's so fun because it's like um it's connecting in a totally different way to people. It's like, they feel like they're your friends after listening to it. And with Whitney, it's interesting because me and Whitney have a very um, fun dynamic. Like we don't always agree, but we definitely like listen to the other one speak. So that's really fun. Um, on the podcast, it allows us to get into like conversations and experiences that, that are different, but somehow relatable in a way, um, to people like we had this whole, um, we had this entire episode where we spoke with a magician and me and Whitney got a fight, quote-unquote, it wasn't a fight, but this, like, um, funny argument about if magicians had pockets in their hands or not because Whitney is, like, dead set that that the magicians do their tricks because they have little pockets in their hands and I just think that's nonsense Like, you don't have a pocket in your hand and it's one of our, it's such a funny episode, it's such a fun episode because it's just, complete chaos but it feels so relatable like when you have two friends that are arguing and you're in the middle kind of like oh they're, they're both who cares like i think that's a big part of our dynamic is that we're we feel like you're too over talkative like loud friends who are overly opinionated um but also we you know we get to get into a lot of because we're so over the top we get to talk about a lot of pretty deep things in a fun way like We talk a lot about, you know, red flags and how to trust people and trauma. And um, for the holidays, we always have to do a topic about going back home. Because I feel like when you go back home to places, you know, you kind of revert to your younger self.
0: Oh, I agree completely.
2: we talk about things like that. We kind of do a lot of, it feels like advice, but not preachy. It's just like goofy, like your two friends giving advice. And we had such great... Uh, we've got such a great team. Like, Emily Noonan, who's our showrunner and also on the podcast a lot with us, she's, like, hilarious, and she gives this totally other perspective of, like, a a smart, you know, well-to-do, um, like, girl from the suburbs who, like, has had all these awesome jobs in comedy and stuff. And there's just a lot of – and then we have Grace, um, who's Woody's assistant, who – is like very, who's a little younger than the rest of us. And she kind of gives, like, you know, this like Gen Z perspective because she's right on the cusp of that, you know. And so it's just, you get a lot out of it. You get a lot of perspectives, a lot of information, and a lot of fun. People, I think the number one thing we hear about is really fun. It's very joyful. It's not like a, a downer of a podcast.
0: What do you find to be the biggest challenge in terms of doing a podcast? Um,
2: time management, for sure. Cause you think it's a very like, Oh, we're just going to go and talk about kind of whatever. And it's not, especially with the tour. It's very much like, Mm -hmm. you know, on the weekends from like Thursday to to Sunday, we're touring. And then Monday we land and we're like prepping for the guests that we're going to have, or we're shooting two or three podcasts in a row, you know, um, getting uh, all these different contents and topics and trying to stay up to date with like what's in the news and what funny meme is going on in the world and how are we going to talk about it? and What is our opinion on it? Like, that's for sure the hardest part is just there's so much for such a, um, I don't want to say like leisurely, but such a, a platform that feels so like in the moment, like podcasting feels like you're in the room with the people and it's happening right there and it is, but there's not a lot of prep that goes into it. So I think the time management part is the part that always like shocks me how much it takes.
0: What's been your favorite subject matter or your favorite guest that you've had uh, so far?
2: I loved Megan Trainor when she was on. She was so funny and delightful, and just it was like instant like BFF connection. Um, Trixie Mattel, I loved when she was on. She was so funny, so nice. Um, Paris Hilton was great. Oh man, we've had we have really good guests. Miranda Cosgrove, Olivia Munn, they were amazing. Two of my friends that I really enjoyed having them on. Yeah, those... I, kind of, I like those. I like hearing from these like um, women who are like in Hollywood and have like all these like crazy stories and they have like such um, awesome careers and they're like also different. And yet there's these narratives that are kind of like so similar within everyone's kind of life when it comes to like dating or family stuff. And so to hear that kind of woven together is really interesting.
0: Yeah, you guys have had some pretty interesting guests. And I like the fact that they're not all from, like, the same, like, field or industry. It's an interesting mix.
2: Yeah, we try really hard to have everyone from just, like, friends of ours, you know, friends of Whitney's, to um, colleagues that she's worked with, to, like, scientists, to, like, you know, A-list celebrities. Like, we try to do a little bit of everything because we want the podcast to be good, you know, for everyone. Like, good, we want it to be good for you. We want you to learn something, have a great time or connect with someone or we really like introducing people that maybe you didn't know before. Like, like, I mean, that's how I was. No one really knew of me before then. And then, you know, so we like to have people like that on that maybe like have, they're really great at something and they have a niche, but like we feel like more people should know about them. So that's always really fun. We try really hard to make it really diverse.
0: Now I understand you're big into makeup and skincare and I noticed that even drunk elephant follows you. So I was like, ooh, and that's like one of my favorite brands. So, what are I'm sorry. I love Drunk Elephant. I'm obsessed with them. They're like ad- they're expensive and they're addicting too, but they work. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're great. They're great, great. So, were you always into skincare and what are some of your favorite lines?
2: Um, I, yeah, I've always been into, uh, beauty in general, just beauty and, I, I don't know, I always, even when I was younger, like, I used to love, uh, or I still do, like, Death Becomes Her, that movie, and they had that bottle, you remember, and they would pull it out and, like, made you young forever, and, like, yeah, I don't know, there's, think about like, the bottle, like, my mom always had a bunch of skincare and makeup, and so I just remember being young and, like, the bottles and the shapes and, like, watching her, like, put makeup on, it felt like a, like a very... Glamorous ritual, and I was like very intrigued by that. And then I started watching. I really, I enjoyed horror movies a lot, so I started watching like horror movies. And I was like, I wonder how they do this and how they do that. And when the internet was emerging, so I was learning about like special effects and like how to do like zombie makeup or monster makeup. So I got really into that. And then in college, I started working at a Mac, a Mac Cosmetics, um, which was at the time like a very fancy job to have. Um, and I loved it. And I learned a ton about doing makeup there and skincare. And then I started working at Sephora. And so, yeah, I've always kind of loved it. And I, I love brands. Like I really like the, the, the brands that are kind of like millennial, like inner like internet based brand. I think that's really fun. Now that we have like so much variety, there's kind of like little pockets of like beauty for everyone, kind of like, whether you're like, you know, supernatural or if you're like goth or whatever, I love that. Um, Right now, I really love like um, uh, the Nimia brand from Nikki tutorials from YouTube. That's a really awesome like skincare, beauty line, makeup. Um, I love Kesha's uh, collaboration that she did with Hip Dot. Her makeup line is beautiful. Um, what else am I liking? I'm liking um, oh, Victoria Beckham skincare is
0: phenomenal. Really? Yeah, it's so good. Pat, I mean, but Victoria Beckham. What could she do wrong? You know. Yeah. definitely one of those things but i mean yeah i love all, yeah, I love all that
2: stuff i mean I, I could talk about skincare and beauty for an hour because they're just like it's it encompasses everything and my favorite thing about it is that it lets you especially with makeup it lets you kind of be whatever you are in your head for the day like if you feel you know super punk you can do that kind of look if you feel very you know sweet you can be very demure i think it kind of like helps express stuff more and i'm very visual i'm very big on like expressing through like the visual aspects. Um and so I really love that I really love that.
0: It's funny, Drunk Elephant actually follows us because we did this video where I was they came out with hair care, you know? Yes.
2: Uh, and stuff, which is incredible. And um they I we posted a video, it was just somewhere on Whitney's Instagram of me washing Whitney's hair using their products on her, like trying to t- tell her about them. But it just turned into like this horrible like sponge bath scenario. <laughs> but that's actually how they saw us and it was really
0: funny um so uh, let me ask you this do you do like a lot of like whitney's makeup or at least from time to time like do you st-
2: yeah time i do for sure like it shows sometimes i'll i'll touch her up or help out um i've done a couple like um there's some fun like uh reels and pictures on her instagram that i've done the makeup for um anything that's kind of like weird and wacky and over the top i've definitely done on her i don't do a lot of her like uh, appearances on shows or like glam and stuff for that because she has a wonderful makeup artist, Nova Kaplan, that helps her. Um, but yeah, I have done it. I do a lot of, like, I, for last year for Halloween, I, I made her like half robot, half like, you know, Whitney. Um <laughs> it was when her, when her special was, uh, had just came out with the robot. So she has like these wires coming out of her face. It's like more special effects stuff that I will help Whitney do.
0: So. I want to talk about like what works and what's a myth. Since you're into beauty and you're into skincare, so okay. toners, does it work or is it just okay. a myth? Skincare toners are a hard one. Skincare is rough because
2: everyone's skin is so different. Um, I would say for me, I am not a toner person.
0: Same. Toners
2: don't don't change my life personally. I know people that swear by them. And, and if and that's your thing, that's your thing But for me, toners are not it I would rather have a serum I would rather have a retinal cream I would rather have Honestly, I would rather have a foundation I'm just, Toners aren't my
0: thing Same, my. I feel like the bare minimum Like routine someone should have Should be a cleanser, serum, moisturizer Um, I never bought into the toner hype Because I've tried a ton um, But I definitely wanted to get your perspective on that Now, yes. vitamin C to your little, um, to your recommendations,
2: which I agree with, I would add an eye cream. I'm very big on eye creams. I think that eye creams, the skin under your eye is so different than the rest of the skin on your face
0: that you have to kind of treat it very special. It needs its own product. Okay. So you do, I believe in eye creams too. I feel like it's just so many brands have eye creams that are a bit of a gimmick. It's hard to find one that actually works. Um, yeah, that is true. I mean,
2: there's so many gimmicks out there. I would say just look at the ingredients. Like, you really have to know. Um, I'm trying to think what's the one. I really love the pharmacy one that they have right now. But it's um, cherry. It's something cherry. I don't know the name of it. But from pharmacy, the brand Pharmacy. Um, it's really great. Um, what's another one? The Tarte, Tarte Cosmetics, actually, their skincare line. They make a really great eye cream. They have the vitamin C and the marula oil in it. It's really, really good um and those are those are pretty affordable ones i mean like i know a lot of people will be like spend like two three hundred dollars on eye creams but i don't know about all that i think you spend <laughs> the, uh, at a better price point so those are two like go-tos that i would use
0: now glycolic acid <sighs> um i
2: think you have to be really careful with so here's the thing um Acids get really popular and they, and they start selling like crazy. And then I know working in Sephora retinols, acids were one of the main things that were kind of brought back because they were used incorrectly. And this is where you kind of have to know a little bit about anatomy. Um, because like I will say like, I love retinols. I love acids. I'll put them on all day, all the time. Um, and they work great for me, but, um, people with, uh, uh, how, how do I say this to be correct? Um, sensitivity? No, like like people who are born male with, the, with with the Y chromosome, they have thicker skin. So you can handle a lot more acids, a lot more retinols because your skin is th- physically thicker. Whereas like women, a lot of the time, like cis-born women will, will buy products like that and use them and their their skin is much is thinner, it's softer because of estrogen. And so it'll start peeling off really heavily or it'll burn and so you have to be more careful because majority of the time women are the one buying beauty products nine times out of ten just from working in the industry like especially especially products like that that are like miracle cures for like um you know wrinkles or texture like it's mostly women and there's a lot that we don't kind of talk about that enough like you have to it's your skin type matters so instead of getting the most intense acid the most intense version of something because you want the fastest result i would say get a um, one that is a little um you know more gentle more for gentle skin and kind of let it work slowly over time like dr dennis gross makes these uh, pads and there's a blue one there's a like blue yellow and red obviously they go up in intensity red's the most intense yellow is medium but the blue one for sensitive skin is a great place to start it's a very gentle it'll kind of give you a little bit of retinol a little bit of acid a little bit of everything you need and it will slowly over time give you the effects so that you don't burn your skin because acids can be real scary like that
0: all right yeah i noticed that too it's like i feel like it glycolic acid works but it also depends on like a lot of different factors like
2: Totally. So you'll go into like a beauty, like, you know, people will go into like these beauty stores and they'll ask like this, you know, very glamorous makeup artist or skincare expert with like perfect skin working there, like what they think. And they're like, I recommend this based on what they've used a lot of the times and not on what's best for my client. And then people will come back with like, you know, boo-boos on their face because they burnt it.
0: Now, vitamin C serums or vitamin C, anything really.
2: Love vitamin C. Love it! I think it's incredible, but a lot of people don't know this. But a lot, you can be allergic to vitamin C. So a lot of times, if you use if you use too much of it, and it's a and um in beauty, just like in anything else uh, involved with capitalism, there are trends <laughs> of. And so, like, you ever walked into like a Sephora or an Ulta or whatever beauty store? Um and you've seen like posters that are like hydro you know, like um it'll say like this acid is trending or vitamin C or whatever and like all the
0: products will be like featured that have that in it. Yes. Yeah. So those are that's like a trendy product. That that ingredients always existed,
2: it's always been in products, but now it's trending. So people start buying things that have a lot of vitamin C in it, like like if you notice a lot of times like cleansers will have it in there and then the toners will have it, and then the moisturizers and the eye serums and the And that's a lot of vitamin C you're putting on your skin. So then you'll have, like, these allergic reactions to it, which will cause little breakouts or bumps or redness because it's a lot of vitamin C. So I think having one really good vitamin C serum or one really good vitamin C, you know, eye cream or whatever is great. And it's very beneficial. I would probably do a serum personally. Um, It's very beneficial. But you want to be careful not using too much of it because in my experience, that can cause issues as well.
0: Okay. All right, and you kind of addressed this already when I was talking about glycolic uh, acid, but retinols.
2: I I love retinols, but again, they you retinol is something they're, they're now selling them
0: over the counter. Like Drug Elephant has a great one. That's my favorite I, one. I, yeah. But I also, like I said, I know that
2: I can use that every day with no issue. But I know I have a friend and she can't. It's really intense on her. Um, of course, Elephant has very clear instructions on, on how to use it for sensitive skin. But like, I mean, as someone who works in the mall forever and ever, like consumers are not reading those and they do not care and they're <laughs> just putting it on their and then coming back with, you know, looking like Michael Myers. So it's not it's not a great experience if you don't pay attention to the rules. But if you follow the rules, that's a really good retinol to use. because it's, it's gentle enough if you use it correctly for um softer more delicate sensitive skin and it's also strong enough for like thicker more damaged skin so that is a really really good one to use and i would use it but also we have to remember retinols are very intense like they're also prescribed by doctors by dermatologists so you just want to be really careful i say very slow don't use it the way you see beauty gurus using it like test it test it on your skin you know how the skincare products are always like test the sample spot test the sample spot do that for sure do that before you put something all over your face. But retinols, to me, I, I
0: I always have one in my rotation. All right. All right. Perfect. I'm glad that we spoke. Those five, I feel like, are the biggest like question marks right now in skincare. Some people are obsessed. Other people are like, no, no, no. It's a gimmick. So I'm glad I got your perspective.
2: The most important thing to any skincare routine, so you can forget all that stuff that I just said. The most important thing is sunscreen. You have to put sunscreen on your body all the time, every day, all the time. All right, nothing can reverse what the sun does to your skin. Nothing, I mean, it can probably fix it and improve it. Obviously, like late, I know all those things do this, lasers and whatnot, but just get ahead of it. My mom, I used to put sunscreen. my mom put sunscreen on me every like 20 minutes. Like, I remember being in school and me putting sunscreen on. was like, What are you doing? I was like, I don't know. My mom just makes me do this. Like, I thought it was normal. <laughs> um, Anything like that. When you put sunscreen on constantly, all the time, it's honestly between the two of us, we look like we look like a hospital patient. Like, we're just covered in creams and bandages and sunglasses. and. But I mean, it's by far the most important thing. Buy a good sunscreen. That's where you should spend money, I think
0: what's your favorite sunscreen because sometimes people want to avoid sunscreens because they clog pores and they feel like it's counterproductive so what do you think is like the most gentle one on the market um there are
2: okay sunscreens are you know there's a little debate about them because you know some of them hurt the ocean which is not good um <laughs> so well, i really like the personally i really like the the fenty one that comes in the moisturizer that rihanna made i think that's a really great one especially if you have um like, pretty normal skin. Um, there is a fragrance in it, which some people don't like. And then uh, the uh, Bio, uh, Bio essence one, the B-I-O-S-S-A-N-C-E, I'll spell that because it's very strange. They have a really great plant-based sunscreen that's really good. Um, and then also Pharmacy. Pharmacy makes a really good sunscreen, too. I think it's called, like, Green Screen, um, and it's all natural as well, which is really great for sensitive skin. And Dr. Elephant, Dr. Elephant has a wonderful
0: sunscreen. Yeah, I do like their tinted one. Because I have yeah. like a bit like olive complexion. It's like you know, that in between shade. So yeah. <laughs> they yes, have it works if
2: it works for you, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, no, that one I do like. Um yeah. But yeah, thanks for answering my skincare questions. Oh no. Thank you for having them. Yeah, I know. I needed to ask you them, and that was probably w- what I was most excited to ask you to be honest, because <laughs> I've seen your uh, stuff, and I like I you know I appreciate and value your opinion when it comes to that.
2: Oh my god, over on over on, good for you. We love seeing skin for all of us, from Emily to Whitney, all of us, and we're all very different too. So if you tune in over there or following any of us on Instagram, you will see a range of different product recommendations because we all have very different routines and do very different steps. So we get asked a lot about skincare. Whitney, she's an oil queen, so she loves oil everything. She puts just oils on constantly. I like oils too, but she definitely is a ruler of that area. I mean, she puts oils on her elbows, her whole body, constantly, grapeseed oil.
0: Now, you're touring... For, like, almost at least the dates right now, it's, like, basically the first half of 2022. I know uh, it kicks off with San Diego January 7th, and as of now, uh, the date of this interview being recorded, uh, all the way up to May 21st in Huntington, New York. So, you're going to be on the road for a long time. What could, like, people expect from your stand-up? Like, what are you going to be talking about, addressing, etc.? oh um well as far as
2: the show goes when you show the touch me tour that from, you can expect when you come to that from the moment you sit down to when you leave you will have engagement with us there's a we have an awesome really fun video that plays at the beginning of the show while you're waiting that has so from the podcast and that has, like, little moments between me and Whitney and talks about all, all the merch we did for the tour. And, like, so it's, like, a really fun... You're not wasting any time. They're just waiting around. Like, we have a fun video for the beginning. Um, then when the stand-up happens, like, you'll see me talk about everything from um, growing up in a small town, being a celebrity assistant, um, straight guys, uh, all the way to retail. I, I have a big chunk about retail that I love to do because it was such a big part of my life. Um, then you'll see Whitney and all her amazing uh, material. And then at the end, we do meet and reach with the fans. We do, like, we wait and we sign everything and we talk to everyone and we take pictures with everyone. And uh, we really like that part. We really love connecting with people from, from literally all walks of life. And we have everybody come from, like, neuroscientists to, like, people, to, you know, to we have nurses. We have uh, people that are... Um, military veterans we have bus drivers we i mean we have everybody you know and it's like that's really fun college students people that are just from all walks of life people fly from places to see it and i think that's a big part because of the podcast because the podcast connects with a lot of people so i mean the tour is a great place to be around like-minded people and have a really good time i think
0: I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Let's see. Any last subject matter? One thing I did want to discuss, I should have probably asked it earlier because, you know, I want to round it up with the tour. But what do you think is, like, the biggest issue plaguing the gay world today?
2: Uh, The biggest issue plaguing the gay world today? Oh, um, jeez, I don't... um, I mean, aside... I'm gonna keep it light because, aside from all the obvious, like all the crazy bills being passed and the murders and all the horrible stuff that is not fun to read about, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I will say
2: the biggest thing plaguing the community is that there's just we are. I think sometimes we forget that we're we're a community. We're a little family. We should all be nice to each other. It's just there shouldn't be all the labels and the and that you know the the cool gays and the, you know, like, I think we just need to be more community-like, I would say. I guess that's the thing Clayton get. Either that or there is a, you know, it's very hard to get wigs sometimes. There's a shortage of wigs going on. Um, that's difficult. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. That's a really tough one. Because I want to say my brain goes immediately to all this, like, horrible stuff that I would love to help fix but then I want to be lighthearted about it. So I'm just going to say wigs, we need more wigs, more fans, more tongue pops. There's not enough of that. That's really a problem plaguing us is that more people should learn to tongue pop. OK,
0: <laughs> I have to agree to I mean, going back to like what you said originally with like the co- community could be more inclusive of one another. I agree. I feel like at times there's a bit of a self-loathing homophobia that creeps up in people um, yeah. and competitiveness. Uh, whether it's, like, the gays, like, mask versus femme, or gays versus lesbian, or, or trans versus oh, everyone. Lately. You know what I mean? There's a bit too much of that lately. Oh, that's put on us by
2: society. We have to let that go. There is no... You can be the best gay you can be, whether you are an Adonis or a little, you know, bear. whatever you are, you can be the best version of it. I think that we have to let go of all that, like, this, like unwritten rule of what the perfect gay male or lesbian
0: or, or whatever it is you know and the wig thing is an issue because i feel right now there's only good wigs for drag queens and a lot of guys are not blessed with great hair so when the hair starts going there should be like good short wigs so <laughs> someone That's needs it. to get on that <laughs> that is true when you are born they should give you a wig just in case you need to snatch it you know yeah we need to get that on there right away. That's hey. so true. Oh, that is a deep question. That could be a whole different interview. It, yeah, it really could, right? <laughs> it could be a documentary, honestly. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you'll have to come back for that, so we could go in-depth. Yeah. Well, will start filming it now, and then we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining me today. I feel like we talked about a lot of, like, good subjects, and... You know, I can't wait for the podcast to come out and the magazine feature and I'll keep you in, you know, the loop on everything.
2: Oh my gosh, thank you.
0: And make sure to have a good holiday and party it up, especially if you need to go back to your hometown because I'm going to need a drink <laughs> myself. <laughs> four or five. Uh, <laughs> yes, have a
2: wonderful holiday. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Hopefully you got something good out of it
0: yeah definitely i really really enjoyed speaking with you you're very easy to speak to and you know converse with and i like that we were able to talk about a lot oh great wonderful thank you so much thank you i'll be tagging you all over the gram please do okay, <laughs> okay. bye bye have a good one That was a fun conversation with Benson Ray. I learned a lot more than I thought I would. So Benson Ray opens up a lot for Whitney Cummings because he also is on her podcast, or rather their podcast, the Good For You podcast. And they do a really good job of bouncing off of each other. So I I, I like him. I The more I've gotten to learn about him, the more I like him. Also, he's on the Nice To Be Nice podcast with uh emily noonan so yeah he's pretty well versed in the podcast world but he's also a comedian and he's very funny and he's well versed in all things makeup so a lot of his like makeup videos and things like that have sort of gone viral like his makeup skincare videos and things of that nature and we all know i'm a sucker for good skincare although i'm not a makeup person but i feel like you know it's so funny like Some guys I know, I I didn't, maybe I think I'm just oblivious at times. I never knew they wore makeup, but then I'll be at their house and I'm like, oh, you wear makeup and they're touching up some stuff. I'm like, no wonder your skin looks fucking good. Me, I just actually (laughs) do do Botox. I fucking do lasers. I fucking have a hardcore medical grade skincare routine. But I'm like, oh, yours is actually like this makeup, but you do it in a way where it doesn't look like makeup. So I'm slowly learning, but at least my skin's naturally Beautiful. You have good
1: skin. You have a good face.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You have are, a you, good face? are you into yeah. more skincare or makeup or both? What's your deal? I'm
1: st- you know, as I'm aging, I'm starting to get into skincare. I never was really big on it. I always had a
0: baby face
1: and uh, I'm very blessed with that, but I've started to try and find a regimen that works for me. The, uh, the problem I'm running into is everything that I use, whether it's natural or, you know, regular store bought, um, I tend to be allergic to. That's so I nice. have to, I'm Are you really trying to
0: fragrance or no? Would you say I'm sorry? Are you allergic to fragrance or no?
1: I'm wondering if I am for, for lotions and for skincare. I'm wondering if I am, you know, but um, like cologne wise, uh, I'm fine. But I think with soaps and, and different skincare lotions and creams, I'm having a hard time. So I'm trying to find something good that works. And, you know, you're just going to feel your way through until. It's good.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that. I feel you on that.
1: Like my grandmother used to use baby magic on her face. And I that cannot that? use baby magic. Would you say, what is baby magic? Yeah. It's it's a baby lotion that you used to put on the bottoms of babies. <laughs> yes. ah. And she, when she had my aunt, she started using it. And her skin was flawless. And my grandmother's skin was perfect. She looked like the queen mother. Um, me, I tried to use it. It made me break out. So, like I said, the oil's
0: in it. I, for the past few years, I've written skincare articles for out in Jersey Magazine, and these companies send me a shit ton of product to test. And I, I'm like, okay, do I like this? Do I not like this? You know which one I've fallen in love with? Elta MD. Their really? products yeah, Oh, my God. Their products work amazing. Like, I've been trying. So, uh, there are still some brands I still have left to try. Like, I want, like, but of the ones I've tried thus far, honestly, Elta MD is my favorite. Oh, Elta wow. The Drunk Elephant is is also up there, but Elta MD has really won me over. They really have, they have the best sunscreen but like everything they use, like their toner, like the serum, the cleanser, everything that I've tried, I, I like absolutely adored.
1: I have to look into them. I haven't tried them. I, I've been going through goat's milk, different things with goats made of goat's milk, and I'm still having a hard, hard time.
0: Oh, uh, oh really? Not like a yeah. brand per se, but just goat milk product. Yes, that's, yeah, I'm trying different products, so,
1: and, and none of them are really sticking with me. That seems to be my problem. Wah. So. Wah. I know it's hard. It's oh. hard to find something good that works.
0: It is. Check out, yeah, check out Elta MD. I would check out Drunk Elephant. Um, I would say check out 100% Pure, but the problem I have with them is a lot they're very, they have an amazing clean process. They're very, there's no toxins in their product. The problem is like some of it still is fragrant. Not that there's fragrance, there's no fragrance. There's a big difference between the two, but some of it is still naturally fragrant. The way they're able to get like a fragrance is through this really interesting process where they basically isolate it from food or what or flowers or whatever the hell like is the theme of that product whether it's a rose water line or whether it's a c- cucumber watermelon line but still sometimes just even the scent itself could be irritating so that's no, i was, agree yeah i was gonna say try 100 percent pure and see if you react to that but i think l to md drunk elephant really you know go those routes and see what you think i'll
1: definitely research them like i said i have a hard time with oils <laughs> you what should
0: me? just tweet Tweet or Instagram Benson Ray and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should see what he has or what he yeah,
1: recommends. See what the fuck he
0: recommends. Yeah. It's even so- with
1: like beard oils, because I have a, a
0: little beard, not a big beard. That's um, cool. You know what? Jack Black is a really good men's line. It's the only brand that promotes themselves as a men's line that I feel works like really well. I mean, Jack Black works so well that I know women use it. Um, oh, so wow. Yeah. Someone at Nordstrom, a couple of people at Nordstrom uh, told me that. But but yeah, I've used Jack Black too. Um, They're good. You might want to try them.
1: I'll definitely, I'll look into them. Like I said, my biggest thing is finding something that's made of a milk-based product. So if I can find that, and that's what's hard. Everything has some type of oil in it. And I think that's what's throwing me off. And as you said, the fragrances are throwing me off. So I'll get what I need. I'm pretty sure of it. Confident.
0: No, you'll find it. Um, just tweet Benson. And you know, it's so funny. So he was supposed to open up for Winnie Cummings in Montclair, but I think he got sick that night and he couldn't make it. But I still met Winnie after the show. You have to go on my Instagram. I have this video with her. It is funny as fuck. She's she's a trip. We're like, it's it's of her and I. It's so funny. Um she's, she's a
1: lot of fun. I've seen her stand-up.
0: They really bounce off each other well on that podcast, the Good For You podcast. Just tweet or Instagram Benson Ray at this point to find out what skincare product. But speaking of him, it's so funny. So he was supposed to open up when I saw Winnie Cummings in Montclair. Long story short, he got sick. She had a different opener. But after the show, um, I, me and Winnie have this fucking funny video. If you want to go to my YouTube, or my Instagram, you'll find it. She's just like a trip.
1: I know she she doesn't hold back at all. I know.
0: Yeah, I was just watching the video. Yeah, she is a riot um, on and off the stage. And I think um, her and Benson have great chemistry on their uh, podcast. Good for you. Kind of like we yeah. do. You know, you I know. A- I
1: think we have good chemistry. I think we're I different know. enough, but fun enough, you know, yeah, it's all about know. being a team and, and feeding you know, off I- each other.
0: Yeah. As I interrupt every word you were just about to say. And I interrupt you. <laughs> but at least you didn't get fired. True, side. I didn't
1: get fired. I'm uh. not fired yet. Yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Should we raise a glass to that? Raising a glass to yes. us. None of us getting fired. And Whitney Cummings. And Benton Ray. Cheers to that.
1: Great skin. Yes.
0: Amen. <laughs>